For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn with your loyal Auburn-loving hosts, Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. We are here to break down all the action from this past week, preview this next matchup. We're also going to talk a little bit about kind of the landscape of the conference right now and college football in general, maybe even pick Jason's brain a little bit about where the NFL stands right now because that's not exactly been the uh, predictable season so far. So we'll cover all the football action for you like we always do. We're glad you've joined us. We'll go ahead and hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll dive into the action. We're back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron with teams back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now, don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive that bonus. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, everybody, let's go ahead and dive into the action. Obviously, Jason can provide some uh, top-notch information, having <laughs> been there. But Auburn, unfortunately, losing to Georgia this past weekend, 34 to 10 at home in the Deep South's oldest rivalry. I was. You know, obviously going to be a tough test. Georgia is dominating now the number one team in the nation. We will talk about that big game. Don't you even sweat that. But nonetheless, uh, we weren't able to pull it off. And so much of it because of red zone inefficiency. Uh, we had multiple opportunities in scoring position. Honestly, they, they had several drives that they put together very effectively. There were certain bright spots. This wasn't like the Arkansas game the week before where they completely shut them out and Arkansas looked inept in every capacity. There were moments where we certainly were knocking on the door and we were just unable to capitalize. And that's certainly an aspect you talk about, but not only red zone offense, red zone defense. And honestly, that's been a problem all season through six weeks. Auburn's overall red zone defense is the worst in the SEC, ranks near the bottom of FBS. We allowed Georgia to score on all five of their trips inside the 20, and we've allowed teams to score on 94.7% of their red zone trips all season. So that's certainly an aspect of it. Capitalizing when you're in the red zone on offense is an aspect of it as well. Um, but we're also we struggled to run the ball and honestly we're not running it to the effectiveness that I think you expect obviously we had Sean out for a couple weeks but nonetheless those were some quick takeaways that I think if you got to pinpoint where this thing kind of fell off that's obviously what you're talking about but Georgia's the real deal and I think they continue to prove that yeah Georgia's a great football team uh it's hard to find weakness on their team I, I will say this from a defensive standpoint like their front seven they're the real deal 
Yeah, um, they are. But I do feel like their back end can be exploited a little bit. I think they sure. get away. They get away with a lot of things because of what their front seven, the pressure that they put on opposing quarterbacks that make them have to get rid of the ball early. But yeah. in our game, we had some opportunities early in that ball game where we could have took advantage of some of those down the field throws that was wide open. But sometimes either Bo wasn't looking at it that direction and then sometimes he was either getting pressured. So, you know, it's just got to – and when you're playing against teams like that, you got to be able to hit them when they're there because you're right. not going to get a lot of them. And I feel like we open the game over the 17-play drive. We go right down the field, and, you know, we, we almost have a chance to, to get a touchdown pass right there to, to Shanker, and, oh. you know, we, we don't connect, and then all of a sudden you have to settle for three. And, yep. you know, it's just when you play against teams like this and – you have to score points in the red zone. And, and just like right before the half, we're on the three-yard line. Georgia jumps off sides. We get the ball. They move it up to like the three. We go for it. And I'm telling the guys next to me, I'm saying, I'm really – I want us to just take the three. I Like I know really? we touchdown, but I said I want us to take the three because at that time it was 17 to three. And I'm just like, if you don't get this, this is not like an average defense. If you don't get this, you go into the half, well, you just feel like you just had a turnover because you got That's all the true. way down to the three-yard line and you got nothing out of it. So you feel yeah. empty. And now I said, well, you need something to go into halftime with some momentum. And I feel like if we get three there, it's at least 17 to six. And then if you can stop them when they get first possession and say you get the ball back and you score, say if you get another three, it's 17 to nine. And that's a one score to two-point conversion game. Or if you score, it's a 17 to 13 game. But if you don't score and you – I mean, if you score, you only got three at the half, now you kick a field goal, it's still 17 to six. It could have already been 17 to six because right. we was depending on trying to score there, which you know, I don't I don't fault Coach Harson for that. I'm just yeah. saying, was it P.I.? Completely was pass interference. Like, everyone I could see, it was pass interference. But did they call it? No, they didn't call it. And so mm-hmm. now it left us – going in empty-handed at the half. And then what Georgia do in the second half, they come right out and they go right down the field. So yeah. it's just things like that in the games that can just flip the mode of a football team and flip the momentum switch. And when you know you're in the game and you're fighting, like that's totally different than feeling out of a game. And That's true. And that, that's the only thing I was saying at that standpoint. But when it comes to, you know, us offensively right now, our passing game has still got to find a way to become alive. Like yeah. I could listen to coach Harson this week, uh, yesterday he had a press conference and, you know, people was kind of on him a little bit about running the football. He was just like, well, we will run the football if we can stop playing from behind early in games. Totally. And I agree with him. Like you can't run the football if you're down 10 points or plus, like right. you got to try to hurry up and get back in the game. And that usually happens by throwing the ball because it can happen quickly. Uh, but we got to find a way to get Tank more involved. We got to find a way to get him involved in the passing game, not just in the run game. Uh, yeah. We also got to, you know, find a way to, to just hit the routine passing plays. Like I very rarely see us take three steps, ball out, hit a curl, hit an out route, hit certain mm-hmm. things that just where you're not holding the ball or Bo not trying to scramble around and make some heroic play. Like he's gotten into some bad habits. He got away with a couple of the LSU game. Yep. But then they showed their face. They showed their showed up again in the Georgia game where he started to go backwards again. Like I said yep. before, against really good defenses and teams, they're not going to allow you to do that because they know that's a they know what you want to do. You want to get outside the pocket because that's your comfortability. They're not right. going to allow you to do that. So when you're inside the pocket. You got to find a way to step up and not go backwards. I also think if that's going to continue to be a a footprint of his game, if he is just dead set on that scrambling, if you, if it ends up being a bust, you took the responsibility of getting out of the pocket and and trying to make something with your legs. You then have the responsibility of what happens to the ball when the play falls apart. He has got to stop trying to get rid of it when it's too late. It's going to end up in terrible turnovers in bad situations. Like that is, it becomes like a frantic mentality. But here's something that they actually pointed out in the broadcast about his game, and I think they're dead on. Bo was 21 of 38 for 217 yards. The problem with Bo, I actually see him going through his reads and his progressions better this year than I have so far in his career. Whether or not it was because the system was completely different and it really wasn't much of a progressive situation, but Mm -hmm. he is doing it. 
His problem is he goes through his reads so daggum fast. He's checking it off before it's even like before the play has evolved. Like you and okay, so then everything in football is a domino effect, right? It's all connected because you're going, all right, if Bo's going through his reads that quickly, is it because the offensive line is not playing as well as they should? Which I think is the the offensive line does not look great. They did not this week, but defensive front at Georgia is, I mean, like you're playing an NFL front. You really are. But Mm -hmm. He's going through his re- – even his footwork is – he's on, like – it's like he's sped up. Like, he needs to slow it down a little bit and give the play an opportunity to evolve downfield. He's already checking it down before anybody's even gotten there. So, I think that's part of it, too. And then his release sometimes – I mean, like, look, there are still so many drops on these wide receivers. They're making him look worse sometimes. But sometimes he's letting the ball out of his hand so daggum fast it looks like he's playing dodgeball. Like, you're yeah. hitting, hitting him right in the chest plate. Like, I think he – set like when I watch him play I just want to tell him to settle down and whether or not that's the offensive line forcing his hand in these situations I certainly think that there's you know that situation but do you not get that sense when you watch him that there just is a component of speed that he needs to chill out on a little bit yeah I think so but when I watch him the first thing I've always telling people is they always ask me about him I say well if he can get his feet to become more settled in the pocket it'll help him with his accuracy sometimes and it'll help him with his with his decision making I say but as soon as he get the ball his feet is unsettled it's almost to me like he's already looking to find somewhere to run or to escape to rather than just trust the play trust the system like let's just face it in quarterback you're going to get hit you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like you're going to get hit. And sometimes your best throws are the ones you hang in the pocket and you take one right to the chin, but you throw a strike down the field, you know, yeah. for a touchdown. That's going to happen. Like, yeah, I just want him to get to the point where he understands, like, it's okay for me to stay in the pocket and throw the ball and get hit while I'm throwing the ball. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, I don't have to, like, find a way to get out. And your linemen are learn to learn you a little bit more. I think right now the offensive line doesn't really know where he's going to be at. And I think right so now true. he's not right. So you, you got to build trust in those guys in front of you. Like, cause when they see that on film, like, damn, man, my quarterback just stood in there and took one right to the chin, but he still delivered a, a money throw. Like mm-hmm. that made those guys block for you even harder. You know, like they'd be like, man, my bad, my bad, Jay, I got you. I'm gonna do better next time, man. That's on right. me. You know what I'm saying? Right. But if you escape out of pocket too early and they watch the film, they see some guys running open. They go, like, what is he doing? You know, and yeah. then like, dude, you getting sats that's not on us sometimes. Like, you know, so they just got to all get together. They all got to buy into the system and trust the system. Trust what you see. Like, don't make a decision before something really happens. And I think that's a mm-hmm. lot of what he's doing in, in his in his uh, quarterbacking. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Okay, so then defensively, let's talk about how they fared in this one. Honestly, like, they came out really strong. They had that energy that we, you know, are getting accustomed to seeing on that side of the ball, and it's awesome. They forced a three and out on Georgia's first possession, but then an interception on a deflected pass in the second possession set up a game-tying field goal, and that's kind of what we were talking about last year. Like, you, we could not give Georgia anything easy in this mm-hmm. game because as it is, Georgia is such a fire football team. They're going to make something even if you play and execute perfectly. So then if we're giving them gimmies like that, now they – did a good job holding them to just a field goal, but that's just an example of where these little things that you give teams like Georgia, they're going to run with it. And then unfortunately a targeting call that is, it's just so deflating when you lose one of your best guys like that. And it's just, it happens in a split second and then everything is, is completely different, especially when it's a difference difference maker like him. So that was unfortunate, but I feel like 24 unanswered points for Georgia, it's just – that's that's challenging on your defense when your offense Mm -hmm. is continually not able to get anything going and they're once again going back out there only to see more points add up. Like, you start running out of juice, whether you're the most energized and fired-up team in the world, when your offense is unable to do anything when they take the field. Like, at some point, you get worn down, and and I feel like that's kind of what happened. Yeah, it, it happens. But like you said, like when you get Georgia a short field, that's the one thing we said we could not do in this ball exactly. game. And, you know, that's a catch Shower's got to make. You know, the ball comes mm-hmm. off his chest and, uh, you know, gets popped in the air. And ball uses us to find the ground when it's popped up in the air. And like I said, you get Georgia an offense that I don't feel like a superior offense. I just feel like, you know, their offense, they can kind of stay on schedule. But if you give them something short, then they're able to turn it into a touchdown. You know, like that's – 
that was benefits that football team. I just feel yeah. like I just feel like we was chasing for the rest of the game. Uh, after yeah. that, you know, once we was up three zero, we was in the game, crowd was in the game, but then you get the turnover, it takes a lot of energy out of the game. And this, you know, you hear fans saying, well, everybody's saying get loud, but we need something to get loud for. And mm-hmm. I feel them on it. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to make some plays, whether it's defensively, we got to find a way to create turnovers. You know, we got to find a way to get our hands with some balls. Like when I'm looking at our defense right now, we're giving opposing completion percentages to other teams. They're at 67.9%. That's 14th mm-hmm. in the SEC and 121st in the nation. Jeez. So that means we're giving up too many completions. Like mm-hmm. we got to find a way to, to get in these guys' face a little bit more. We got to find a way to get some hands on some balls. And I tell you what, a lot of that comes from because we're not getting a great pass rush. And when you're not mm. getting a great pass rush, your DBs can't cover all day. If anybody watched the Baltimore Ravens game last night, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Indianapolis coach like, what are you doing? Why are you not trying to blitz or something to right. you know, get the ball out of Lamar's hand faster? You know, they're yeah. just letting him sit back there in, in zone defense. and He's just picking them apart all the way down the field. They end up winning the game. I'm just right. like, you know, so when I think about us from a standpoint, I know we run a 34 defense. I know we were confident in our edge rushers, but you go against some of these big offensive linemen like Georgia, one of the biggest offensive lines in college football, like you got to find a way to create more pressure so that these guys are not running open. Like they hit us on so many double moves that they scored off of to number 84. He had a field day because he yeah, had he so did. much time to get downfield and it was getting bended on play action pass and he would sit back there in the pocket and he's just waiting for the guy to get to his double move and we're biting on it. But if we was able to get pressure on the quarterback, there's no way they can run double moves against us right, because right. they don't have the time to deliver the ball. But because they know they have that time, people are going to do double moves against us. And we're mm-hmm. probably going to see it again this week until we start putting more pressure on the quarterback. There has to be more efficiency in affecting them in that way. I completely agree with you. But they also had a lot of traction on the ground. They were able to run the ball. They've got some stout running backs like they always do, freaking Dalvin Cook's brother. Like they just – they <laughs> reload. And and honestly, at some point, you're going to face teams where it's just – they're a really good football team. I think Georgia has a very, very, very good shot – at making it to the national championship. I don't know if they can do it because it feels like Georgia's just got some curse. Like they just, (laughs) they can have such a fantastic team, but they just can't do it when, when the spotlight's on, you know what I mean? Well, I I see what you're saying. My whole thing is when you think about Georgia, that was a tough loss years ago when uh, they lost to Alabama on just a, when Devontae Smith catches that go ball in the corner. And it's almost like, you know, they, they've been peaking and peaking, but I live in Georgia, so I'm watching the interviews on TV, and they don't like to speak of that being ranked number one a lot. Like yeah. they say, oh, you know, we ranked one, but they don't want to talk about it that much because they haven't handled that well in the past as being ranked number one. Like I think they like being two and three and chasing one. But I, I say this: Kirby Smart has done a great job in recruiting. Like they're mm-hmm. going to be in the hunt every year because they're going to get stout recruits. And I think that's where Auburn has got to get to. Like, we've got to get to a point where we're recruiting with the Alabamas and the Georgias because that's what's hurting us right now. Like, you know, I got our kids play hard, but sometimes we're just out man. And until we can get to the point where we can step up and recruiting as well and start to get some of these stout players and get some of these dogs, as I call them, you know, guys that love football, not want to come to the school because of facilities, not want to come to the school – because of they can get a good NIL check. I'm talking about they want to come to your school because they love football and they know you love football and you're all about trying to do whatever it takes to win. And that's what we got to get back to. We got to get out of the finesse stuff and get back to toughness. And Mm -hmm. I think Harson's trying to build that, but it's going to take a little bit more time than we thought. Uh, Do we have some? Yes, you can see one dog already in Hunter. One of the kids oh, that was yeah. in our recruiting class last year, you know, he he's one of them, <laughs> you know. So I, I think mm-hmm. Tank is a little frustrated right now because he's not getting as many carries as he probably predicted. But it goes back to we got to stop playing from behind so early in games where we're getting away from the run game. That's what right. helped us in the Penn State game. We was in it the whole game, so we was able to let Tank run. We was able to, you know, help him get those 100 yards and, and, and different things. But when you're behind quickly, like – it changes your game plan, and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, it changes your game plan. So, you know, we just got to do better from that standpoint. But defensively, the things that we're doing very well at right now is third down efficiency, 
Uh, our defense is doing pretty good. They're only giving up 35%. That's seven in the SEC, 48 nationally. Yeah. Uh, points points allowed is fifth in the SEC, 40 nationally. Scoring defense, they only give up 19.2 per game, which is fifth in the SEC and 26 nationally. Mm-hmm. And sacks, sacks, we're 16. We're tied for six in the SEC and 25th nationally. But let's just be mm-hmm. honest. A lot of those sacks came against Akron, Alabama State. Right. They have not yep. come against our bigger opponent. So, you know, we got to find a way when we get against even dogs at the same level as the Auburn program, we got to find a way to create and get sacks, not against the the teams that we should, but the teams that, that line up equally. Right. Because meanwhile, Georgia held a sixth straight opponent to one touchdown or less. That has been their season. They had six tackles for loss, four sacks, and allowed just 92 sack-adjusted rushing yards. So, I mean, they made it hard for us, and and we knew that they would. But we have an opportunity to turn the page against an Arkansas program that I actually feel like we we match well with. I think that the way that the SEC has fallen right now, even with Alabama's loss this weekend, which I'll Mm -hmm. get your opinion on in a minute, I still feel like Alabama and Georgia are just top-tier they are playing at a very high level in that league, and I think they're going to end up being the SEC title game once again. Then I think the rest of the SEC is tearing each other apart and throwing bows for that middle level, but it's not that they're not great teams. There are. like I, I think Ole Miss is, is a great football team. I think Arkansas is a great football team. Like I think that, unfortunately, we're all just kind of on the same playing field, and then Alabama and Georgia are a step above. So – Um, We have an opportunity to really establish where we fall under that against an Arkansas team this week that is coming off of two really tough losses. So we're going to preview that one. But real quickly, I do want to ask, how how was the atmosphere? It looked like such a black – I mean, the shot of Bruce Pearl in the student section lives (laughs) rent-free in my mind. I mean, I just – I want to play for that man. Like, he is so much fun and so energetic. I love it. But – it was the first sold-out crowd in Jordan-Hare since the 2019 Iron Bowl, which is just crazy. How was it? I say this. It was definitely a fun college football atmosphere. Uh, when mm-hmm. I think about, like, being on the set, uh, watching all the people walk through out the Tiger Walk and, you know, the kids getting ready, to, the college students getting ready to go into the games, like, you know, if, like, old times. It, it felt like Good. a great football evening. It was very hot, though, I would say, for a Auburn-Georgia game, you know, in the 80s. So, you know, yeah. probably the hottest Georgia game we played in. But Ooh. I will say this, like, being on the sidelines in pregame, I saw so many recruits at that game. I'm hmm. talking about from football, basketball, baseball, like yeah. every team had recruits and I'm not talking about just I'm talking about like high-end top five top four-star recruits like good you know like there and and I'm just like man this is what this is how you get kids to come here I was just like now let's just give them a great performance and that really makes them want to come here but at the same time though just to see all those guys on that sideline and then you know you get a chance to speak to some of them and, and everything and we had a couple of them that was there I was talking to Coach Pearl, actually, before he jumped up with his shirt off. I was talking to Coach Pearl on the sideline, <laughs> and uh, he was introducing me to one big-time recruit. He's The guy is like a top recruit in football, and he's like a top recruit in basketball. And oh, it's wow. just like – so I just – you know, Right. So he's one of the kids that, uh, you know, got Auburn high on his list. So there's going to be a lot of those guys that, that come to college at Auburn and be trying to play both, may end up playing one. But, hmm. you know, the opportunity is there. If you're that great of an athlete, it's there for yeah. you. But I will say this, like, you know, if we can get some of those guys that was there this weekend – that starts the recruiting process off the right way. And we're going to get another shot to get a couple of these guys with some of the games we got coming up. Uh, But from a standpoint of the student session being involved and the atmosphere, like seeing those three mega helicopters, I don't know if you saw my Instagram story. Yeah, I did. You know, fly over like that was, that was nice. Like that was cool. Like that's, that gets you ready for, for a big time football game. And like I said, the the game started off fast. It started off with energy and, it just quickly died out because once we got down team to three years, it's just like, oh boy, you know. know. So that's just how it goes. But 
you know, we'll continue to keep processing, keep continue, keep growing. And you was talking about Ole Miss and Arkansas, which is our next two games on our schedule, Arkansas and mm-hmm. Ole Miss. When I think about this Arkansas game, this this is this is one I gotta I, I gotta I, I gotta I dig deep on because okay. Arkansas they went to Georgia, they get embarrassed. Then they go to Ole Miss and their defense was strong early in the year. You saw when mm-hmm. they played the, so then all of a sudden against Ole Miss, they was not there. Like right. it just, you know, you get all these points put up on the board and then you know, as a player, I always want the equal opportunity to have a chance to win the game. And I just feel like, why do you go for two there against Ole Miss? Why not tie the game up? I know yeah. you feel like you hadn't stopped them, but they hadn't stopped you either. You know what I'm right. saying? But the two-point play that they ran, I'm just like, what is that? I'm like, if I'm yeah. going to run a two-point play, I'm at least going to have the option to run or throw the ball to to get the, give us the best chance to win. Not the play that they ran, but – if you're going to do that, just kick the extra point point, take me to overtime. So it's going to yeah. be a lot of, like, how would they respond from two tough losses and now they're going back home? And how does Auburn respond from a physical football game, you know, losing to a rival, a big rival at home? But also, are we still trying to figure out who we are? Do we really yeah. know who we are right now? And I, I really can't tell you that. I really don't because, like you said, we get behind – in a game like Georgia, this was supposed to be the game. We were supposed to really find out where we're at. And I get the sense we still don't know where we're at because, yeah. you know, we wasn't in it long enough to, to figure out who we are. So it's a big game for us. It's a pivotal game for us. It's a, like you said, it's a, it's a fight in the SEC. Uh, the West, I still think there's always a chance to win when you lace them up. Like Alabama still got to come to us. Ole Miss got to come to us. That's huge. Um yeah. But for us, though, we just got to start worrying about how do we get better. We can't worry about right. the other. We got to figure out, like, what can we do to start getting better? Yeah, totally. And I think that's what Harson talked about in his Monday press conference as well. Like, at some point in the schedule, i.e. where we are now, every opponent you face is going to be a tough test and a very high-caliber football team. So, like, a focus just has to be what is our identity? What's working for us? What do we really need to work out? And I think each game you're able to see that a bit more. But, yeah, I mean, Arkansas is coming into this one. I don't know. It could go one of two ways because Arkansas could be coming in on the heels of a game like that kind of depleted. I mean, that thing mm-hmm. was a shootout, just back right. and forth and back and forth. Like, that weighs on you. And to come mm-hmm. away with a, with a loss like that is challenging. And the week before, they got beat down a shutout against Georgia. That's another thing to keep in mind. They were not able to make anything happen against Georgia, and we were. Now, granted, they were in Athens, and, boy, that was affecting them. Penalties <laughs> left and right, whatever. Um, But that could be the reality of the team we face, or it could be the opposite, where they were so close to that win, they've had two tough losses back-to-back, and they just come back home with, like, this vengeance. So it's going to be one or the other. But uh, 51 points that they were put up, and a lot of it because of K.J. Jefferson. Good gracious, this guy had a day. He threw 326 yards with three touchdowns and then ran for 85 and three more touchdowns. The guy had six touchdowns on the day I don't think he'll be able to produce that way against Auburn but given the way that we have you know allowed quarterbacks to kind of showcase their ability this is a guy you absolutely have to view as a threat and a threat in both capacities of their offense yeah this is one thing uh, we have to do is like limit their best players like you can't Mm -hmm. stop everything you can't stop all the plays but you have to limit their player their best plays and their best player and like make everyone else beat you and especially you're on the road in a game like this where it's a game that we have to have like you get a bye week after this so leave it all out there like you go in there with one thing on your mind and that's to win and I I feel like like you just said like we don't know how Arkansas gonna be feeling like you can feel depleted especially on defense like you, you can feel depleted. Offensively, they could be feeling pretty good because they feel like, look, we, we went toe-to-toe with one of the best offenses in, in college football. Like So yeah. from a confidence standpoint, they're there. But from a defensive standpoint right now, they're reeling. They're trying to they're trying to find their way again. So, But it's definitely going to be a physical football game. You know Sam Pittman wants to get back to running the football. He wants to get back to 
straight downhill, playing physical. And that's what I think we're going to see this weekend, which may be better for us because right now we're not the team, the, the high scoring offense, but we can go toe to toe. I feel like from running the football, which is what our old line wants to do and mm-hmm. in our run game. So it, it could work out for us. I, I can see this being a 27, 24 type game. Uh, okay. I, I really do. So you did say, this is one you have to have. You feel that way about this? Like this is kind of a must win? Yeah, I, I, I really think so because, you know, you go to LSU, you beat LSU, but like, like we said, you know, this was the year to get them. This was the year to get them down there. Like, yeah, that's true. you know, let's just be honest. It's not the LSU of old. Like, you know, they're, they're reeling right now. They're trying to – they don't know what direction they're going in. But mm-hmm. you, you, you win that game. And now you play Georgia, a superior opponent. I want to see us how we do against teams that are equal or better. Like, you know, and this is one of those games. I feel like Arkansas, we beat them by a field goal last year. It went down to the wire. And now this mm-hmm. year you get them in their place. And I feel like both teams are like trying to instill toughness within their football team. And yes. so this is that game. Like you get a bye week out of this and then you get Ole Miss coming in town. So during this bye week, you want to be able to come off with a victory. You're feeling good about yourself. You'll be sitting at this time five and two. Mm-hmm. And then you get a chance to heal up, get some guys back healthy. And your mojo is just a little bit better. Like, you know how it is. Like, your That's mojo true. right now is hurting because you're traveling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but <laughs> your mojo will be feeling a little bit better after the victory. If you go to Arkansas and you, and you lose this game, now you're sitting four and three. Mm-hmm. You got a high-scoring offense coming in a week after. And you're still you got this bad taste in your mouth that you can't get rid of in seven days because you don't play in seven days. You got to wait 14 right. days before your next game. So I just feel like this is a pivotal game for us from a confidence standpoint before we go into the bye week. It's also an early game, an 11 o'clock kick, which is tough, honestly. Like getting, mm-hmm. and that's what the Georgia State game was. And that one, they were slugging coming out that first half. So this has to be one that they are as amped up for as they were this week, as they were for LSU, knowing that, like you said, I agree with you. I just wanted your input on why you said it. It feels like a must win, but you're absolutely right. Um, and I think it'll be a good test. I think it'll be well matched. And I think it'll kind of set the set the tone for what the rest of the season becomes. Do you let the wheels fall off a little bit, knowing that you still have the Iron Bowl looming and all of that? Or does this kind of, you know, look, the reality is very few people expected us to be Georgia. Okay, like that's Mm -hmm. truly very few people expected us to beat Georgia. Penn State really was a toss up. Both of the losses that we have at this point are you don't want any losses. But like, let's be honest, they're kind of inevitable right now for where the Auburn program is. Like we still have some growing to do. So the two losses that you have are honestly understandable losses. You know, luckily you haven't gone in there and ended up with one that people can't justify or understand. Now, granted, we fell out of the rankings, but like, whatever, that's neither here nor there. I feel like if you continue to rack up wins like the LSU one, if we beat Arkansas, if we beat Ole Miss, like this season becomes very salvageable and very respectable. I still think we are on track, even though we have two losses. They're two of the most respected losses that – teams have right now so uh, this is still a team that is very capable of reaching some high goals especially under a first year new staff like that Mm -hmm. is still a prevalent storyline six weeks in you kind of get back into the the you know rhythm of things but like this is still year one under a whole new regime Mm -hmm. and a lot of new faces and I actually think that the place that we're sitting in right now even though those losses they were very attainable y'all it's not like we're Arkansas where we got pummeled 37 to nothing like we're in these games there's just there's very evident things that need to be fine-tuned and fixed but I think you can do them against a team like Arkansas and even against Ole Miss if if we play a really good good game but I want to talk about where the East stands right now obviously Georgia and Alabama still sitting where they are in terms of East and West Bama with their first loss this past weekend so unexpected honestly just with the way A&M season has (laughs) shaped up up until this point but Jimbo Fisher becomes the first assistant, former assistant of Saban's to beat him. Um, They won on a field goal. What a good game it was, though. It was really entertaining. But 
Georgia and Kentucky, dude. I mean, mm. Kentucky is undefeated right now, and they, they've got something put together. I think that, that that matchup, Georgia and Kentucky this week, will really be – I mean, look, the Texas A&M game ended up being a sneak game for Alabama. This Kentucky game could be a sneak game for Georgia if they're not careful. I say this, the uh, SEC is really getting back to the home. It's good to see teams like Thank Tennessee goodness. coming back up a little bit. It's yeah. good to see, you know, Kentucky playing good basketball, I mean, good football. See, I'm so used to saying basketball yep. for them. They was like playing good football. So it's fun. Like, it's re- it, is it really fun. is fun. And like you said, like, like you know, we've lost to two really good football programs. And, mm-hmm. and we have a first-year coach. And I just feel like, you know, I'm I'm along with you. I feel like we are going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. My thing is, guys, realize where you're at, though. You win these next two games, like, the Iron the Bowl is in our backyard. Exactly. Yes, you know what I'm saying? So anything can happen moving down the stretch. So these guys need to keep hope alive, as they say. And now when you talk about the SEC East, man, this Kentucky-Georgia game, it, it's a big game. It's and, huge. You know, I'm not just saying, oh, I can tell you, Georgia's offense don't scare me. The thing I think that Georgia has advantage of in this game is that it's in Athens. You know, mm-hmm. if this game was in was in bluegrass up there in Kentucky, in Lexington, then this would be a different story. I, I yep. just really feel I think what's going to help them is the crowd going to be electric. Young college kids feed off of it. And I think it's going to cause a little bit of problems from a communication standpoint for Kentucky. But I think there's going to be a dog fight. I, I really do. Like, I'm not just going to say, you know, oh, Georgia is going to run through. No, I, I don't. I, I When you're winning football games, it becomes contagious. And it becomes totally. contagious to every person on the football team to, boy, to the point where your practices are different. Your mindset is different. Like, you just look different. So, mm-hmm. I think Kentucky is at that point right now. And when you think about, you know, Texas A&M, what they was able to do to Alabama this past weekend, like, just, like, this was the team that was ranked preseason top five, Texas A&M yep. team. And then all of a sudden, they actually looked like it this past weekend. And yep. they have some guys. Now, I'll tell you, they got some athletes. And you know, after watching that game, like, they got some, that tight end, a defensive end, like, they got yeah. some guys. And, uh, and we got to go there later on this year. But it, it's just all about, you just never know. Like, any given Saturday, your butt can be beat. And it's just about a mindset because these are 18 to 22 year old kids that, and you don't know what they're thinking, but if you can get them to just believe in what you're saying and start to buy in, like a whole lot can change quicker than you thought, but it's all about buying in and, and looking at it like, who cares what happened last Saturday? You can't go back and redo it. It's happened. It's done. It's over. But if you can get a kid to rebuild himself and get ready for that next game, like a and they could have said, oh, Alabama coming in here. We already done lost a few games. We lost to Mississippi State, and, uh, you know, we're pretty much done. No. They came in there with the mindset, we're going to beat them, and right. then we're going to try to get on the stretch. And yep. that's how your mindset has got to be. Totally. I, I mean, like, that's when coaches talk about a 1-0 and mentality. It really is true, whether you're coming off a win or a loss. Like, any given Saturday, the results of that game could change your season. And no, it may not equate to playoff. That's really where things get yeah. difficult. Like I had the Florida game this past weekend and them coming off the loss to Kentucky mm-hmm. after having already lost to Bama and Georgia playing the way they are. Like their chance at the SEC championship and therefore the playoff is practically non-existent there is like a one percent chance that that happens and they played like crap they played like crap they beat Vanderbilt like 42 to nothing but like they looked like garbage and honestly like I think that's where you and I have talked about this so many times where the playoff downside is because a couple losses and you feel like the season's a wash we're in week six like there's still a lot to play for but I think they lose sight of it because it's playoff or bust for a lot of these programs so it makes it very deflating when you still have the second half going and you know that that goal is unattainable that is hard but I think that if you have that one and O mentality and realize that there is still something very 
you know, effective that we could do in the landscape of college football. Maybe it doesn't get us to the top four, but it does something. We're in big conversations. And look, if playoff expansion happens in a couple years, that will change how people view, you know, that whole thing and if early losses happen and what have you. But I do think that that is what Texas A&M did. They played like it. And Auburn needs to do the same thing. Auburn needs to feel like there's something to gain from every single week, regardless what has happened up until this point. But I think Ole Miss is a uh, – they really are kind of in charge of of that next le- – you know, we've talked about where Bama and Georgia sit. But then Ole Miss is really kind of in the driver's seat for the rest of us in the West right now. I think what happens this week with us in Arkansas is interesting. I actually saw – on, let me pull it up. Something uh, coming off of this past weekend explaining, like, what the heck is happening in, in the SEC. But I actually prefer it this way, y'all. How many seasons have we talked about how, like – redundant college football has gotten you know like you would normally see a Georgia Kentucky matchup and it would be a snooze fest now we're sitting here going this is going to be a fantastic ball game like you love to see that happen but this thing this is uh like a meme I guess whatever Alabama lost to Texas A&M who lost to Mississippi State who lost to LSU who lost to Auburn who lost to Georgia who beat Arkansas who beat Texas A&M but lost to Ole Miss who got blown out by Alabama, who barely beat Florida, who lost to Kentucky, who beat LSU. What? What the actual (laughs) frick? But let me tell you, that makes it so entertaining. And I think coming off last season, everyone's been so fired up to get back out there. And I think more than anything, Jay, fans are making such a difference this season. In any given week, in any given stadium – Fans are making a difference. Florida lost to Kentucky because of the fans in Lexington. Arkansas lost in the way they did in Athens because of the fans. Like, there is literally such an impact that environment is having this year because nobody had it last year. Oh, yeah. And I think people are really, like, what we used to take for granted, no one is taking for granted anymore. So true. You know, when something is taken away from you that you love so much and that you can't go to it like you normally to, could, like the next time you get a chance to do it, oh, you, you grab onto it. And I think right now the fans are just grabbing onto college football. They're grabbing onto NFL football. And from a standpoint to this past weekend, like, you know, Charles Barkley was there. You know, Cam was in town. Bo was yep. in town. Everybody was in town. You know, a lot of my teammates I played with – four year was in town like guys are coming back like they're yeah. they're getting around the programs like you know people are excited again and and I just feel like this is this an exciting time for college football and I do think they're going to change the college football playoff system very soon because yeah. the fact is just what you just said like these teams it's week sits and people already feel like they're out of like what are we playing for what you mean what you right. playing for like you right. still have a lot to play for like you're playing for you know to have a great season you're still playing for the building it's only going to be one champion at the end of the year anyways like so you have a lot to play for if you're a senior like you're playing to leave a legacy you're playing totally. to you know for your future to have a shot at the nfl if you're a guy that's younger on the team you're playing for a position to hold your position for the next season like mm-hmm. you're competing against guys that's trying to come in and take your position so there's so much to be playing for like these guys have got to get out of these social media feeds so much during the season. I've oh, always yeah. said that because you start to hear things when things say good about you, then you feel a certain way, you feel entitlement. And then if you have an off game, a bad game, and you read things and now your confidence is shot. Like you got to get off of this stuff. Stop trying to please the outside people and work on your locker room, like improve your locker room. And then you start to put together a couple of wins and different things. Like you don't know where you could be at the end of the year. But you have mm-hmm. got to check, go, let go of your ego. You walk to that door, lose yourself within your team. Like, mm-hmm. get rid of yourself. Like, lose that mindset of selfness. Like, be unselfish and do what it takes to win the game and do what it takes to get along with your teammates. Do what it takes to, to say, look, guys, it is a privilege to put on this Auburn helmet and his uniform and go out here and play on Saturday. Do you know how many kids wish they can do this? How many kids from a health point they can't do it? Or some many totally. kids that, that don't have the environment or wouldn't didn't have somebody to encourage them to get there or just didn't get the offer? Like, 
you got a scholarship to play at a Division One college program, and you get to play on a national televised TV set every week. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? What you got to play for? Like, right. that's a lot to play for for me. So, yep. you know, these guys got to understand that, that, that where they're at is just like when we talk about the fans. It can be taken away from you if you don't appreciate it. So start appreciating where you're at and the opportunity that you have and go for it. Don't worry about the playoff from a mindset. Worry mm-hmm. about where you're at and work constantly one day at a time to improve your environment and to improve your, in, improve your work ethic so that you can be where you want to be when that time comes. 100% because – you also are playing for the future of the program in terms of recruiting. Just like you said, all the recruits that were there. Like, if you let the wheels fall off and this season goes to nothing because the playoff aspirations are gone by week five, why would recruit recruits want to come be a part of that? A recruit could look at a program and go, you know what, even if they weren't a part of that playoff system, these guys play the way I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a part of it, I may be part of the difference that gets us to the playoff. You right. let the wheels fall off and nobody's up for these games the fans check out of it next season's gonna look the exact same way because you didn't get any high caliber athletes that saw this as a foundation they could be a part of so there is so much to play for beyond that top four seating and it it becomes challenging because of you know feeling like things are, are out of your control at a certain point but before the playoff Everybody, everybody loved college football. Before mm-hmm. NIL, everybody oh, yeah. loved college football. Play for that same reason. Play for that same motivation. And that, the rest of it's extra. We, we've gotten so much added to college football. Good for you now playing in the generation that's getting all these perks. But don't mm-hmm. lose sight of what, what you know, was rooted in the game to begin with. What all these generations of people played for before you. Don't lose sight of that because that's that's the magic of college football. Otherwise, we're going to look like the NFL, which, woof, let's not. All right, go ahead and tell me what, what NFL team's piquing your interest most right now. Uh, I tell you what, Buffalo Bills, man, these guys yep. are playing Josh Allen and that crew. That's like they're, they're playing great defense and offense. So they can put up points. If you look at the Ravens last night, like mm-hmm. they find a way to win games that they was just pretty much supposed to lose. If you based off where they were within the game, like yep. Kansas City game, you know, Hilaire fumbles and then they end up scored and winning that game last night. Yeah. Uh, field goal get blocked by Calais Campbell. And, you know, it's just when you see things like that happen, you're like, okay, okay. You know, but those two teams are teams that I feel like are really doing well. And I really like this Chargers football team. I, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, this kid, Justin Herbert, man, like he he really looks like a cut above. Like yeah, this kid, he, is, he can make some throws. He's big. He's six, 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 seven, and he has a rocket for an arm. And they're mm-hmm. playing great defense and offense. And, and that's hard for me to say coming from being a Raider guy. And then yeah. when you talk about <laughs> and then you talk about like some of these other teams. I think that Carolina, I think, was peaking and was they really were. doing her in the right direction. I think this game to Philly hurt them. Like mm-hmm. you gotta find a way to win that football game. That's a game that they cannot lose at home after coming at off home. a tough loss against Dallas. And right. you have this team that's rebuilding in your backyard and you find a way to lose that game. That's a game mm-hmm. that can haunt them. And so I would say that. For the most part, the cream of the crop right now, I would still say in the NFC, in the NFC side, you still have Tampa, you still have Dallas. Dallas is mm-hmm. reeling right now. I don't know anybody slowing them down offensively. Uh, yeah. Arizona still, Kyler Murray, that team, they're rolling at five and zero. You know, Tom Brady's gonna be there. You know that. Green yeah. Bay, Aaron Rodgers, they just keep finding a way to win. Um, you know, it's the same thing. These good teams just keep finding a way to win. And then you look at the AFC, like we said, it's going to be like the Chargers. It's going to be, you know, Cleveland's still going to be in the running because they can run the ball. Yeah. Like pro football is in a good spot right now. It's in Mm -hmm. a good spot. You know, you got Baltimore, Kansas City, they're going to find their way back in it, like you said. So it's going to be a fun, a fun season. I I will say that. And for college football, it's going to be an even funner season because – we have Iowa at number two, Cincinnati yeah, at number three. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's on number four? Who's number four right now? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay, Oklahoma's at five. Even though Rattler's at four. Benched. Oklahoma's that at four. Wild. That's the interesting thing. Rattler gets benched, and they go and they score six straight possessions with the true freshman. Mm-hmm. Where do you go from here? What happens now? That exactly. Aspect. So that's a huge thing going on at OU this week. Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns. How do you lose that game? You're up Good 28 God. to 7. And all you got to do is just make them kick a field goal at the end. And you give up a wildcat 
touchdown run. Yep. How does that happen? <laughs> like, so this is why you watch college football to the end. Like, yep. how does that happen? Like, so the game is in a good place right now. And yeah. I, I really feel like kids need to really understand that it's it's in a good place because I can't really tell you who's going to win the college football national championship right now. Yes, we can sit nope. here and say, yes, Georgia look pivotal. But offensively, they don't scare me enough. So sure. I don't know. Like, I think anybody that can run a really good offense can put up points on the back end of that defense. If they can protect yep. that front seven, that's a big if. But I, I'm just excited, though, Taylor. I, I, I really am because I can't tell you who's going to win the, NF, the, national, the, NF, the Super Bowl this year. And right. I can't really tell you who's going to win a national championship in college this year because everything's up for grabs. And then I, I totally. don't know. So we'll see. I love it, though. And it makes – I mean, when you look at the next few weeks, this is always the good chunk of season two right here in the middle. This is the meat, you know what I mean? And if you look mm-hmm. at the matchups that are coming up these next few weeks, I mean, it's, it's conference matchups, power five matchups, and a lot of it each week you, you're going to feel like you have a better understanding of where things are headed. But also each week sets up a stage for something crazy to happen. The meat and potatoes are getting separated. And that's yep. what's happening right now. We're at that thick of the season. Now, my 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 surprise horse of the season that could get to the playoffs and make some noise is Cincinnati. I was going to say that, Jay. I like Cincinnati. You know, I, I like the way they play. I like the way they coach. I, I, I like their tenaciousness, their tenaciousness. Like, they're, like, I don't really see anybody on their schedule. Like, they play UCF this week. Uh I don't really know who else there is on their schedule that's going to kind of scare them and knock them mm-hmm. off from being in the playoffs. So that's why I call them the kind of the lead horse to sneak into the playoffs. And like I said, I Georgia it. on the – yeah, Georgia. Who, who, like, if they get past the Kentucky game this weekend, I see them going all the way to the SEC championship. And I don't Same. think a loss in the SEC championship knocks them out the playoffs. Agreed. So – but I – it's fun because you never expect the Iowa to be number two and Cincinnati to be number three. Like no. that's just fake. Oklahoma at four doesn't shock me. You know, like you just never know. And Ohio State, you know, they're still lurking and Bama's still lurking. And I don't understand how we lose to Georgia and we completely unranked. But oh, yeah, oh, it doesn't make any oh. sense because Bama- <laughs> Texas is still at twenty-five. What? Right, Texas is still at twenty-five, and then they get put up fifty on them, and then. You yeah. know, Alabama and loses to unranked A and M team. They only drop mm-hmm. four spots. So mm-hmm. you tell me there's not politics in college football. Yeah, totally. I'm waiting for you to tell me how not. But also, um, can we talk about how irrelevant the ACC is? <laughs> like oh, without Clemson, we aren't even uttering any of their. The highest ranked in the ACC is Wake Forest at 16. Wow. Like and, irrelevant. And your buddy up there at Clemson. What's the head coach name? Dabo. Uh, Dabo. Dabo talks all this noise about SEC and all these teams. You lose Trevor Lawrence and y'all wheels fall off. 100%. 100%. But this is going to be a fun season. Yeah, it is. It's going to continue. I feel like we're going to end up having some crazy moments between now and, and national championship, which you love to see. All right, people. Well, thank you so much for listening to us each and every week. It is sure to be another great matchup this week. So we look forward to breaking it all down with you guys next week. So make sure that you are subscribed to our podcast. You can do that in the Apple app and uh, you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also find us on Believe's website, Spotify, wherever you prefer getting your podcast, you'll find us there. So we appreciate you following along and uh, we look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. So everyone enjoy the big game. Enjoy college football. For Jason Campbell, I'm Taylor Davis, War Eagle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.